I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons and Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out the Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. Now, I was like, just once, like, just we're just going to feel it. Um, and that's did it. with improv. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, just take one class. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Now I'm all like, zip, zap, zap. Uh-huh. Any chance I get. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're exactly. always zip, zapping, and zapping. And yeah. I'm telling you, stop zip, zapping, and zapping. You just won't stop. <laughs> I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all Welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that doesn't need a holiday like Thanksgiving to be thankful for each and every Susan listening. I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Kendall Payne. You might remember me from the bad lesbian movie episode. Yeah, I'm back. Who could forget? <laughs> Who could forget all that talk of murder? Murder. So much talk of murder. Uh, and we found out murder is gay. And murder that's is gay. important. Yes. Uh, and here I am back again. To Just talk, to follow up. To follow up, you know, scholar. <laughs> Everyone's feeling about murder still good. Yes? No? Yes. <laughs> uh, and today we are diking out with burlesque performer Nyx Nocturne, yes. known as the babe that goes bump in the night. Nyx is a member of the award-winning drag and burlesque collective Switch and Play, which was recently featured in a documentary called Night at Switch and Play. And if that sounds familiar to you listeners, it's because past guest Chelsea Moore produced it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, also, a real family. I know, right? It all, this is the it chart. It comes around. Circle. The, yeah. the chart <laughs> is just making itself here. Uh, and Nix is also the winner of the uh, Brooklyn Nightlife Award for Best Burlesque 
2019. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amazing. We have a celebrity. A celebrity. A Yes. <laughs> So lesbian transcends gender, uh, in my yeah. opinion. It's just kind of a state of mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're a true icon. That's amazing. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. That's can only hope, right? <laughs> Are you a lesbian enough to get an invite to any L Word premiere? Yeah. Have you gotten uh, any L Word? That's what's important. No. Uh, no. Okay, well. Who is getting these? Who is getting, Who is getting on the, the list? Who is getting the invites? And if you have an invite and you want to let us know, like, we're not going to say no. Yeah, if you work for CBS, I did see that CBS is having a special premiere on December 2nd for its employees. And if there is a if plus you need a one plus or two... One, opportunity plus any kind of number we're kind of here to step in we're willing to stack up on top of each other and wear a trench coat yes we are and be your plus one and i'll be the bottom to be honest i'll be the bottom i want to see that i would take i would take the hit for you i would have asked you to be the bottom because i feel like you have that um, that core strength, core strength, <laughs> and butch energy to yes. like to to fuel the the bottom half. Yes, <laughs> yes. Entrance into the uh, Showtime uh, CBS party. I also have weak shoulders, so okay. that's <laughs> I can't. Okay, I can't be the bottom. Um, a couple quick announcements: We don't have any more Stonewall shows this year. We're not having one in December, but we will be back in 2020, last Monday of the month. So look out for that. And as you all know, December 16th is our Dyke the Halls, a diking out holiday spectacular at Joe's Pub. Wow. 9.30 p.m. It's going to be a great show. We have a bunch of past guests who are going to be performing, uh, including Sir Baby Girl. Uh-oh, my ex-roommate. Crazy. Did you oh! guys realize? We didn't talk about that last time at, oh on air God, because the chart is just exploding. The chart is just exploding. Just the connections <laughs> that Sir we Baby have. Girl and I did live in the same um, t- tiny Brooklyn apartment. And boy, did we have fun. And let me tell you, they scream a lot. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I was going to say, I just imagine a lot of screaming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a screamer. And in a in a very fun way, yeah. I would say. All positive screams. Oh. But, uh, you know, yeah. it's one of those kind of any any hour would be like, ah! And you're like, and they're like, I just uh, got coffee. And you're like, like, really? Okay. Um, I picture that. We love them. 100%. And uh, we're going to have a a Broadway singer there. We're going to have Emma Willman from Crazy Ex Girlfriend is going to be there. So, you know, it's going to be a great night. And we're so excited about it. So come out to that. Also, a reminder that we are on the podcasting app Himalaya. If you want to uh, have extra interactions and extra episodes that we also have up on our Patreon, too, you can go to uh, Himalaya in whatever app store you have, download it. It's free to download. And then if you want, you can subscribe to the extra content. But it's a, it's a cool app for listening to podcasts, and we're there. Uh, one last announcement, because I know last episode... Was a big one, and I've been fielding a lot of questions from it. And one thing I want to make absolutely clear, because some people were wondering if Sarah is no longer co-hosting the podcast because of our guest from the last episode being a trans woman. And I want to make it beyond clear that Sarah is not a TERF. 
Uh, never has been. I'm <laughs> guessing never, never will, will be. be. It had nothing to do with why uh, she's no longer co-hosting the podcast. It's really a matter of the working relationship wasn't working. And, and that's it. I'm so sorry for any distress that I caused you. I did hear from some listeners who had some unfortunate circumstances in learning the news, like one being on an airplane that just took off and had no way with communicating with the outside world about her feelings mm. and had I a lot of emotions. That would be difficult. Another listener who uh, was settling into a relaxing bath for the night to unwind and uh, just I ruined no. I ruined her the bath stress I know I know uh, no, it's very it's, you know it's a hate crime I'm aware uh, I have yeah, committed a hate crime and it turns out against my turf. own community and it turns out <laughs> and in the end um no I'm just kidding that's bad yeah um turfs are bad and we should uh Condemn them. Is that the right way to say? Condemn. Condemn yeah. is, is the correct word, yes? For sure. We actually recorded an off-topic episode about TERFs because we don't want to do a whole episode about them. Oh. So they'll be coming out soon on our Patreon and on Himalaya. If you want to hear it, it will be me, Gina Bloom, and Melody Kamali talking about TERFs. You know. Okay, oh, obsessed. No. I'm going to have to give a listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it for announcements. Um no more bombshells. Sorry. Should I make up a bombshell? Yeah. Um, Who'd you murder this week? <laughs> I murdered um, Shane from The L Word. The character, not the person. Oh. <laughs> Who plays her. Yeah, if you can believe. <laughs> so that's kind of my bombshell mm. share of the week. Yeah, you didn't want mm-hmm. her to be part of Generation Q? No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about that. How did they land on those three characters, do you think? Like, like if you could bring... Back any character three from- three characters from original L word. <laughs> who would they have been? Oh man, I actually I didn't get that into L word. I'm good actually for you. Yeah, that, that's not- absolutely good for that's you. brave, strong, I'm like, um, powerful in so many ways. I did, yeah, yeah. I did like a little bit. I did like a couple seasons, and then it was like, Ugh! it is. It is a, objectively a bad show, right? Oh, of course, but- of course. It is cast all me. we have. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I feel like I would bring back um, Alice, of course. Alice yeah. is the best character on the entire show. Um, honestly, I'm a little bummed about Bet coming back. I'm kind of like her energy. You're is, over Bet. I'm over. Her. Yeah. I'm kind of like take it somewhere else. Yeah. We have Kamala Harris now. We don't need we you. Don't need you we don't need you. We have like a real life. Did you see that they were wearing the same outfit on the internet? No. There was a picture Uh-oh. of uh, Kamala Harris in an outfit. Somebody found like an old picture of Bat from the L word wearing the exact same outfit. You wouldn't believe it was. That needs to go on my vision board. I love that. Yes. I'll send it <laughs> to you. It was um, truly iconic. But wow. yeah, the show, I mean, the show is fine. Shane is hot. I'll give her that. See, Definitely. I never. You never fell. No. no. You don't love a stone butch. I mean, I can just. I wouldn't even describe Shane as a stone butch. Yeah. Shane is, uh, I don't know, just like a kind of a, a hurricane of a person <laughs> uh, as a character. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. she was fine. I just kind of felt neutral about her. I think. You weren't wooed by her. Yeah. I like bringing back Alice. Yes. I am the only person on the planet who wants to bring back Jenny. Oh, yeah, you 
they probably but, are. <laughs> but zombie Jenny, hear oh me out. Oh my god, zombie I'd be Jenny. Here for that. <laughs> yes, let's have it take a turn. Okay, okay, give me the full pitch. Okay, the the full pitch is I want L word generation Q, whatever you want to call it, and it's where um a let's say four people from season one all get a text from somebody who signs off as J okay. and it's like pretty little liars basically. Okay. Yes. But with the cast of the L word and Jenny is J J. So it should be a. generation J generation J. Yeah. <gasps> I would absolutely okay, watch, I would that, watch show. that. Right. Isn't that the better reboot? I a hundred percent. Very it's here for that. More camp. Uh, it has more <laughs> pizzazz. Um, and, and we can hate Jenny in a way that like is productive. Yes. That's the yeah, problem absolutely. with hating Jenny is it's, uh, it's unproductive. It's like, okay. Yep. Yeah. She sucks. <laughs> like, but like, do really you like Jenny? Be it. honest. So I don't think Jenny's, a good person or anything like that. Right. I love her as a character. I think that she's hilarious. I think that. Wow. Uh, we have a Jenny sympathizer in the I, house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, her character was definitely, the deck was stacked against her. Like yes. since, since season one, episode two, when they gave her those weird flashbacks and like writing fantasies. Oh, oh yeah. Nobody liked that. It got really, dark. It got really dark there. Nobody wanted that. Yeah. Nobody wanted Well, uh, something that was interesting to me when I was watching um, back with my girlfriend who had never seen the L word before, um, she uh, escaped it as you seem to have escaped parts mm-hmm. of it. Um, but do either of you watch Killing Eve? Oh my God! Yes. Okay, so yeah. Jodie Comer, but imagine like someone like Jodie Comer playing Jenny. Like that's what you needed. I think like hmm. you needed somebody who How was more likable. Dare you? How dare How I put dare that in you? your mind? Right? Because speak ill of Canadian <laughs> Mia Kirshner. Okay. Well, she. I mean, she's. I'm not saying that she's a bad actress. I'm she's not. She's a brilliant actress. But I'm saying her character is not likable. At all. By the mass majority of people. Maybe by you, <laughs> you little psycho. <laughs> I think Jenny's very fun. I like her chaos. I think it's fun chaos. I think Interesting. the fact that she adopts a dog just to kill him is crazy. Psycho. It's psycho. Did you get that far? How no, I didn't. And I'm no. really glad that I didn't get that far because I have a really hard time with dog stuff. Oh, no. I like live off of doesthedogdie.com. So <laughs> <laughs> doesthedogdie.com. You like check and it tells what you if like that? bad things happen to the Bookmarking. animals in the movies. <laughs> Bookmarking right now. Wow. Without spoiling too much. Yeah. <laughs> doesthedogdie.com. Uh-huh. That is so funny. That's the... Wait, without spoiling too much, is that not the biggest spoiler? Well, it like it kind of is. I guess it all depends on the movie. I mean, if we're talking <laughs> about like me? if we're talking about if yeah, Marley and me forward. or like Old Yeller or like something like that, where the whole point is that the dog dies, yeah. then yeah, yeah, you ruin the movie. But but like, if it's like the mm-hmm. Baba Duke, okay, yeah, we need that. Exactly. But we need that for lesbians. Does the lesbian die? Yeah, that's real important. Okay, Barbie, okay. buying the URL. Right now. <laughs> type type type. Um, yeah, so Generation Q, uh, the latest trailer that I watched for it has me thinking, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, 
it's coming out in a couple weeks, so maybe I should just save my judgment for that. But there was one scene in the trailer that was just like a boy child about to puke. And I'm like, how did this make the cut? Oh, no. <laughs> like, what? what is the scene how in bad the L word that, that that made the cut yeah. of the trailer? Yeah, I was like, is this like peak excitement? Yeah. In the show that we're we're gonna tease out this boy I puking. Fear, I do fear that it's going to be bad. I mean, that's a reasonable fear. <laughs> do we? Yeah. How do we feel? Because I feel as though they should have gone like and and maybe they did. I haven't seen it. But if I were them, I would have gone like major camp. Like the first show was bad but campy and good in a way that it, like if you took that and then made fun of itself within like kind of went meta and campy with the the reboot it could be really fun yeah. and i fear that they took it very seriously that they tried to take it seriously yeah. to make yeah. up for past wrongs yeah, yeah. which is a- almost an overcorrection in, yeah. in the wrong direction they just they need to know like what they are and what they're doing they need to be self-aware yes. about it exactly. like everybody looks at it and they're like oh ha 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 like just yeah. be be part of the joke exactly know? but yeah. i feel like they tried to go full camp with the last season with the who killed jenny because that was so over the top yes and it failed miserably. That's true. I feel like the L word was written in exquisite corpse form. And if you're not familiar with that, that's like when somebody writes like a chunk of something and then the next person gets like the last sentence. And oh. then so it's like they have the characters in the last sentence and they're like, OK, well, let's do this. And that it would explain why the characters change so drastically, like why Alice was only bisexual in two episodes, but they made like a real big deal about it the first time yep. <laughs> and then completely lost it lost the- and then brought it back up once like in season five yeah but not even for like a plot line just like a yeah it does feel like every character abandons their moral compass immediately yeah (laughs) when anything (laughs) needs to happen yeah and and like helena helena's the craziest one who came in as like this power bitch so hot and then you have to admit did you get to helena i don't know i don't know if you would recognize the british and she was the daughter of um, who played? Uh, it's Sarah Paulson's wife. Uh, yeah, Peggy Peabody. Peggy Peabody, mm. who was played by, I don't remember her name. But yes. Holland Taylor. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Holland Taylor's daughter okay. in the show. Oh, I feel like I must not have then. Yeah. It's like, and it was also, it was so long ago. You, wa- too, you probably watched I, it so long ago. Yeah, it was so remember. long ago. And there, yeah, I don't even remember at this point. Yeah. Uh, well, what were what was your point about Helena? Well, by the end, she's just like this like sad well she goes to prison at one point and then she's kind of just like this sad pathetic like lets everyone treat her like shit and she went from being kind of like this dom boss femme to just being like oh sorry sorry sorry. yeah yeah (laughs) i think it's bad writing (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) i think that's what we're mm, talking about (laughs) But maybe, who knows, maybe they invested in their writer's room this season. Um, and look, from the people who, it's all great people who are involved. Um, Stephanie, Alan, Aylin, how do you say Tignataro's wife's name? Oh, I don't know. I've yeah. only ever heard Stephanie. It's spelled A-L-Y-N-N-E, which would make me think Aylin. Aylin. But it could be Eileen. You don't know. We don't what? know. Spelling. Uh, gets me every time. She makes out with 
Alice or is like hooking up with Alice. <gasps> and that was kind of a, that was like the juiciest tidbit I would say from the, from the trailer. The trailer. Yeah. I'm shocked I haven't watched it yet because I'm usually up to date on on my L word uh, news and I just haven't seen it, well, which means they're yeah. not reaching their target audience, right? Yeah, Marketing. I've had to seek Honeys. it out. I've had to seek it if out. I'm not seeing it. Yeah. Then... If it's not like on the back of my eyelids when yeah. I close my eyes, what are you doing, Showtime? Absolutely. Come on, Showtime, step it up. Absolutely. Yeah, they, I haven't seen it either. Like I haven't seen it pop up anywhere. Like. Yeah. It's just it's just gone. See? It's just the rumor of it. The rumor of it is really <laughs> in the ephemeral. air. There is it, it is in the air. I, I do feel that. Um, I've seen no advertising in New York. Oh yeah. None. And I'm in the West Village often. Yeah. Like we are around. Yeah. I'm in Brooklyn. They should be adver- advertising oh, exclusively yeah. in Brooklyn. Absolutely. Yeah. What? In Bushwick. In Bushwick. Yeah. That is babe. So l- let me tell you that's where your target audience is. <laughs> The other thing I want to talk about is that I um, have never been that into astrology. And this, the next thing I'm going to say is going to sound just nothing like me. And maybe I'm going through some shit, but I was looking at Goop's gifting guide. Goop of Gwyneth Paltrow. I just wanted to know because there was some. I I got clickbaited into it. Yes. I checked mm-hmm. it out. I'm like, every once in a while, I want to check in on what uh, sorcery straight, straight women are doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are they doing that's horrible for for anybody, like steaming your vagina, that, uh, that they're trying to spin is like, you need to invest $6,000 in this. Right. So I'm looking at the, the list, and then one was like, free, the pattern app. And I'm like... Well, all right, I can afford that. <laughs> yes, and, and you, you can afford free. <laughs> I can afford free. Cecilia downloaded it too, and we are just our minds. The pattern will fuck you. Up. It really will. Like, Whoa. read you for film. For film, like. absolutely. <laughs> and CoStar was, you know, when we all got CoStar, are you guys all? On oh CoStar? yeah. Nope. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, um, CoStar for many queers was uh, very important and is important, mm-hmm. and told us stuff about our relationships that you know we weren't necessarily ready for, but mm-hmm. we could handle. The pattern came in Oof. and tore us to shreds. Yeah, it did. It really did. The co-star will be like, will be like, um, you might have like kind of a bad day today, but like, and you might have trouble communicating with your partner, but like stick to it. And then the pattern's like, you will ruin your relationship to a point that it will never be okay again. And then, <laughs> and you're like, ah! I found the pattern to be a lot gentler than CoStar. Really? CoStar sent those notifications that were those like, were, dra- were like, drama. you're going to feel like you look terrible today. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like drop these things and be like, the drop co- it in there. I feel like the pattern should just like so specific. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's nothing is. like when I pull it up, the first block of information it's telling me is fearful or anxious. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <no>. The pattern. <laughs> the pattern. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe you're not an astrology person. I don't, you know, when I was younger, I was into like tarot type stuff mm-hmm. and that kind of witchy stuff. But like astrology, I mean, what is your sign? Capricorn. 
Capricorn sign. Okay. So, okay. you know, I'm Psycho. into logic. <laughs> just, like, need to be in control of everything. It's fine. I did it in Capricorn. It was too much. Yeah. Um, On top of it, I was born January 1st, so it's oh, a lot, wow. of, yeah, a lot of things going on there. Yeah. Um, my moon is in Taurus. I'm a Taurus. Oh, I'm a Taurus, too. Ah, yes. What's your birthday? April 23rd. Oh, my God. I'm 27th. Yes. Oh, oh my God. April Taurus. <laughs> wow. Okay. We just bonded. <laughs> you're left out. Well, I mean, Capricorn's still in the sign. Like, yeah, we're still in the in, Earth family. In Taurus. <laughs> hey, I don't know what any of that means. And we actually did an off topic about astrology and somebody explained this to me. And it's just that still it's a lot of head. information. Yeah. To, to try and hold astrology is amazing it's it's to me it is like the religion that I will never have mm-hmm. right like I understand like logically that it's not real quote unquote but I love it I, like it gives it's me just as joy. valid yeah right. it's yeah. just as valid as um the bible right <laughs> I think yeah, so it's like I you so. can use it as like a guide you can use it to check in with yourself and yes. how you're feeling and where you're at and all of that sort of thing totally. like no matter how much stock you put into like firmly believing that this is actually like controlling yeah. your life or anything it's yeah. like it's there you can yeah you can look at it totally. and, and there are always like themes that kind of carry over yeah and there's um, like there's real there's think. realness to it yeah. like it's rooted in in something that is real mm-hmm. um so here's my thing i am at any given point uh 75% to 95% convinced that we're living in a sophisticated simulation Yes. And I think mm-hmm. I think about this all the time. I think mm-hmm. astrology is just some of the algorithms we figured out. Interesting. Oh, I like that yeah. so much. Yeah. Okay, oh my God. Talk about a film. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who really loves I the Matrix. Love that. Like, yeah. It's gonna be a lesbian matrix. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm gonna be it. astrology okay. as uh, algorithms, yes. and that's my thesis. In oh this my essay, God. I will. <laughs> Um, that's a, that's a really powerful yeah. thing to say. Doesn't theory. that make sense though? Because it, it like if if you were setting up the simulation and like you're organizing people and character traits and stuff like that, you would group it around like when birth dates and all of that and then have those and like that that all to me sounds like an algorithm and it's like well when this moon is here and that thing is here and it's like well when you input these many ones and these many zeros this is what happens oh i'm so here for this obsessed with that i've been feeling like lately i i grew up christian but i you know uh because the whole gay thing rejected that um because they Mm -hmm. rejected me you know Mm -hmm. um and so i was like pretty deeply atheist for like a really long time and i still am but i feel like recently i'm like what's kind of what's going on here (laughs) like why are we here yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's kind of my mood lately it's like what's the deal yeah and why are we kind of just like here and doing things you can't do that <laughs> yeah you, you can't you can't think about when your brain explodes it's like yeah. it's all I over did, i did um i did shrooms recently <gasps> yes um was it you your first done? time yes okay. well i'd done acid before but had a horrible um time oh no well i did it at a music festival kids don't do drugs but definitely don't do them at music festivals unless they're stimulants okay yeah um <laughs> that's but, fair but yeah i did acid and I hated it but I did shrooms recently like a, a couple years 
now it's been a couple of years since that like horrible trip. Okay. And so, I, and I've been mm-hmm. feeling very existential. And so I was like, my friend had it and we were up in a cabin in the woods upstate. And oh, that's like, a good place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, if there's an, ever time to do it. And I did spend the first two hours of the trip um, with my uh, shirt off face down on the carpet. Um, oh, no, I bet that sounds good. <laughs> I couldn't handle kind of what was going on. It was actually yeah. too much. Uh-huh. Um, so that was the first two hours, but then I came back downstairs and I feel like I really learned a lot. But one of my observations, I actually have my notebook because this is my comedy notebook and I carry it around. But this was this was a page of all the things that I wrote down. You have to. You got to write down those takeaways. But my favorite one is that um, the bugs deserve to be here just as much as we do. Yeah. Aww. So that's kind of, that's So now kind you're of vegan. <laughs> Just not in my space, but, yeah. you know, they could be here. They could be here. <laughs> have you guys done shrooms? Yes. I haven't. Have no. It. You have. Yeah. I did it for the first time over the summer, and then I've done it one time since then, and I had a very positive experience, yeah. as listeners know. I might have talked about it. Too much? Too much. <laughs> when it first, after it first happened, I was telling anybody who would listen, just like an insane yeah. person, mm-hmm. being like, do you know the magic of like... <laughs> what your brain is capable of. That's yeah. what's crazy right. about yeah. it. Is you're uh, like, you do not know what you... It's, it's all there. It's overwhelming. That's part of why I have it, is I'm not sure I want to know what no, my brain is capable why of. I waited. I'm like, I waited. I'm, I have some Wait crazy ass dreams that I'm really afraid ready. of having to be real. <laughs> yes. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot to yeah. take in. Your body is like not prepared for how much you can see and know oh, wow yeah it's crazy i would i would only recommend doing it with like people that you love up, yeah like, in a cabin alone in the woods yeah like, yeah not a lot of stimulation anything mm-hmm. it's just like it's wild but yes crazy and i've been feeling even more existential post trip like yeah it's hard to get existential because i don't know it's you can't handle it it's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. Yeah. Which is why I do find I'm like, oh, I understand why people like turn to religion and want religion in their life. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Like, oh, I oh, get it. Sense. I wish. But that's astrology for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. All, all that I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish that I could have found fulfillment in some type of religion. I mean, I grew up very Catholic and I tried hard and then I was like, Hard unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah. Specifically hard unsubscribe to Catholicism because they do uh, sponsor pedophiles and that's a weird thing to do, right? Yeah, I would say bad. Why yeah. are you doing that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No good. Weird, no good. bad. Yeah. yeah. Weird, weird's too kind of a word. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I would say The worst evil. thing. Evil. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, that went dark, but. Yeah. But yeah, no, I like, I don't know, I I enjoy spirituality a lot. I like I was I was raised Unitarian Universalist though. Oh, so it was like, that's the good like one. everything was kind of yes. like open and fun and like no yeah. pressure. Um, and all of that. So it's like I feel like that has very much informed my perspective on spirituality. Right. And that's like, great. I mean, and at this point I'm like practicing pagan and you wow. know, and that sort of thing and just just do the thing. And I mean, I love that sort of thing. I love like love witchcraft because it really it gives a space for all the people who have been othered from all these other yes. religions and have like don't have a place or don't have like you know a, a hereditary tradition that they can identify with uh-huh. and like gives people a place to like feel more empowered um 
Yeah, and it, and a lot of witchcraft is just being like connected with the earth. Totally. And, like, totally. It's crazy how it's it. been villainized for so many years because of right. say it with me, misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so that's that's amazing though. Yeah. So have you been um like do you practice? at all yeah yeah I do I like you know I have like my little I've got an altar at home I do that yes. whole thing I've oh um, my gosh I've, I've actually in in this past year started taking classes that um that potentially lead to being ordained um <gasps> wow like, as like a high priest ex um and like you I know. love that <laughs> yeah and I just you know one of one of the things that I really want to do is like make that type of spirituality just like a little bit more open and available to queer people because I think like the very traditional canon of like you know the wheel of the year and the cycles and everything is is very binary and you know and even though these spaces are like accepting of queer people like the story is very like heteronormative too and Mm -hmm. like you know and I think for people who who are like looking for that type of spirituality like we can do better. Right. You know? Wow. Um, so. And like deserve that space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like perfect for queer people. Absolutely. Like there's nothing more <laughs> queer than witchcraft. Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh my God. Yeah. I think that, I mean, we're here today to talk about burlesque, but I, <laughs> I also want to do a whole separate episode about witchcraft about witchcraft and paganism and yes. everything because man it's I fascinating love, i'm fascinated and, and so I'm queer mm-hmm. we should it's talk so we queer. should talk it's a o- queer magnet yes oh, yeah <laughs> i'm so happy to uh, yeah it. uh listeners you can't see us but kendall and i are smiling like super big right now yeah. at the thought of my eyes are are popping yeah our post There's joy in our eyes our post shroom life is yes. like hungry to be a part of whether it's becoming pagan or joining a cult i don't know but but i'm here for it. yeah I'm ready. I'm ready. My um, mind is ready. Should we talk about burlesque? Let's talk about yeah. burlesque. Let's get into yeah. it. <laughs> so what was your first experience with burlesque? My first, very first experience with burlesque is probably like watching the like Gypsy Rose Lee movies with my mom growing up. Um, yeah. Because I like watched that a lot of times. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things like saw it many, many times and, you know, never really thought about it, but like came to New York and there was one year where I had a birthday and I can't remember what birthday it was, but I, I scheduled like 10 days of celebration in a row, um, at, which was way overkill. And I definitely cried at the end of it. Um, are, you, are, you, are you one of those people that, um, is like, it's my birthday week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's my birthday week. It's my birthday month. It's my it's birthday. birthday. Like celebrate me. Year. It's my birthday year. <laughs> which is probably part of how I ended up on burlesque stages too. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, Pay attention to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, see, see my, my birthday being January 1st, my parents were always like super hungover. Oh, no. So I became the opposite. Then I'm like, oh, you have a headache? It's fine. Nobody needs to know it's my birthday. (laughs) Everybody feels terrible on my birthday. And my mom gives me 20 bucks to go to the movies alone. That's fine. That's Mm -hmm. fine. And that's why your Capricorn energy makes 100% sense. Yep. (laughs) Here I am. Continue. So <laughs> yeah. you had a 10, 10 day birthday. Yeah, you had a ten day birthday at some like and at some point in the middle of it, I like planned to see a burlesque show. Um, and I think in New York. Yeah, in New York, like in Brooklyn. Um, and I think at that point, uh, 
most of my friends were really tired of going to things. So everybody showed up like a couple hours late. So I was sitting alone at this burlesque show, like watching it, but I'm sitting there and my, my mind was blown. How old were you? Um, I want to say like 23, 24, something like that. Yeah. Early twenties for sure. Um, probably closer to 23. Um, and yeah, my mind was just absolutely blown. You know, people who are just like, who are sexy and silly and mm-hmm. ridiculous and, yeah. you know, and so many different types of people. Um, and I was like, what even is this? Like, how can people do this? Yeah. Like, these people are incredible. Um, and so, yeah, that was the first time I had seen seen it and then started going to more and more shows and stuff. And then, like, then took the classes. And I was like, I'm just going to see what this is like. <laughs> and wow. next thing we know, we're, like, seven years later and, uh, and in it. Yeah. So when you were it. watching it for the first time, you thought, that looks like something I want to do? Um, well, it was it was more like, these people are amazing. I could never do that. You know, Ah. was the first thought. Like, I could never be as, like, strong and powerful and confident as these people on stage right now. Um, And I had so much admiration and respect for it. Uh, But, yeah, at that point, I definitely didn't think that I was going to be up there. You just wanted to be, like, a part of it in some way. Exactly. I was like, these people are so hot. These, like, they're amazing. (laughs) They're, like, you know, doing these crazy-ass things on stage and completely unapologetic, like... I've got no shame. I want to have no shame like that. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even know if the first time I saw burlesque, if I knew that that's actually what it was or I thought I was just watching like a show. Mm -hmm. But it was when I was um, maybe I was 19 and it was when I would go home from college break and I would be in Buffalo and there was one lesbian bar in Buffalo called Roxy's and one of the bartenders and then some of her friends and a couple other bartenders, they would put on these burlesque shows and ended up performing as this troupe called the strip teasers. And it was very sexy and funny and political and a mix of all those. Mm -hmm. And they would kind of play with the space. Sometimes they'd perform on a stage. It started out them performing like on top of the bar. Um, And the, the one, the main one who uh, I knew best, and I guess I shouldn't be talking about how I snuck under age to this lesbian bar, but it was really, yeah, I know. Cops are coming. Right. I know. Uh, Part of the experience. (laughs) But like, I wanted to see this, this burlesque show at this lesbian bar was like the queerest thing that that I had. And my friends and I would go and watch like religiously every time we were in town, like, oh, we have to clear out Thursday night to see Jamie and the strip teasers. And it mm. was just like the coolest kind of performance. Um, and then seeing burlesque years later, a very different type of burlesque that was a lot less queer and felt more just like straightforward of like slowly disrobing to music Mm -hmm. then I was like oh okay maybe I don't like burlesque but then I was like oh no this is just like one type of burlesque that's super valid that Mm -hmm. a lot of people do enjoy and then there's also like crazy queer burlesque and it can be anything you want it to be depending on the performer, depending on the troupe. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's like the fun part about it is like, yeah. is there's such a wide range, like, especially now, you know, it, that may not have always been the case, but like right now burlesque can be so many different things. 
But that's what's so beautiful about it, I feel. Absolutely. Seeing people just, like you're saying, like unashamed, unabashedly, Mm -hmm. like performing Mm -hmm. whatever they feel is like gonna be entertaining and art and and it's it's so fun so fun to watch it really is yeah yeah and it's it's wild you know and yeah and that's the thing it's like you go out there and you like you get naked and people lose their shit over it yeah Yeah. it's fun yes (laughs) Um, how has it changed your relationship with your body oh I think I would definitely say significantly that's the biggest reason why I went into doing this. So like, especially at that time as that like early twenties person who like, I, there was a lot of my identity that I definitely hadn't found yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and I was very much not happy with my body. I'm like, I've always been chubby, you know, I've always been big and you know, you get all those messages and stuff from, from the whole world, you know, and, and, it was one of those things where my body image was so low, you know, I just was sad and saw these people like, you know, doing these incredible things and owning it and having a good time and saw how people were reacting to it. Um, and so I, I think the first thing I did is I took, I took a pole dancing class, mm-hmm. um, because I was like, Oh, well this will be like, get me in shape and all that. And that was yeah. really hard and I couldn't do it. I was so bad at it. Pole dancing um, so hard. <laughs> it was so hard and I was in so much pain. And I was yeah. like, I was it's like, well, so <laughs> this is not the way that I'm personally going to feel better about my body. Because it's reminding me how much I cannot do. Um, And like, and so I was like, well, maybe then I'll just like take my clothes off without the pole and, you know, we'll just switch it up. Yeah. Um, And, and yeah, I took the classes. I did an act development class um, with Joe Boobs, who's absolute legend, who started New York School of Burlesque. Um, And, you know, in that one, I was like, well, I'm going to do it once just to say that I've done it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and do the thing. Um, it was like yeah, my way of jumping starts. in the so deep like, end of the pool, yeah. you know, I was like, just once, like, just we're just going to feel it. Um, and that's did me it. with improv. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I was like, oh, just take one class. It's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm all like, zip, zap, zap. Uh-huh. <laughs> Any chance I get. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're exactly. always zip, zapping and zapping. Yeah. And I'm telling you, stop zip, zapping. <laughs> you just won't stop. <laughs> and like, that's the thing. You have to give yourself chances to just like play and try weird things like yeah. that. Because you have no idea what direction your life is going to go in just from like taking that one class or yeah. you know trying that yeah, one thing yeah you have to um, especially uh, and like to the young people listening like mm-hmm. when you see something that you're like wow that's so amazing like I want to do that mm-hmm. like obviously you're not going to be able to do it right away but it's just like one step at a time just try it out see how you feel and yeah. like not everything's for everyone but yeah. it's really fun to just kind of like follow that uh, want to to be like the people that are doing such like incredible stuff definitely um, I feel like a lot of people and especially women um and non-binary folks feel like they need permission Permission. and and queer people they feel like they need permission to do something at least that was true for me with comedy I was like oh well nobody like who am I to do this and then I realized oh I don't need permission to take up space definitely yeah and take up I had the same same exact thing and I was like I'm not I'm not like a big, I mean, I am a big personality, but I'm not a like showy theater person. And mm-hmm. so, oh, like I'm not going to have that like stage presence. I'm not going to have, it's like, why, why am I making all these excuses? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and saying like, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not. Well, okay. But you could learn that right. or you yeah. could be something else that's more interesting than what other people yeah. are doing. <laughs> 
Which is what's really fun about burlesque, I yeah. think, also, is that you don't have to go through the prescriptive narrative of, like, what you're supposed to do. I mean, comedy Definitely. as well. And that's yeah. the, the landscape is changing. And Yeah. And I think there are still a lot of people who want to say, like what it is and isn't you know there are definitely those people out there yeah it's like you know if you're not of course if you're not head to toe covered in rhinestones you're not doing burlesque if you're not you know whatever whatever um you're not doing things and you know everybody's got that but there's someone who has broken every single one of those rules out there who has yeah. done it in a way that is so beautiful and powerful and wonderful and it's like you know we can all just calm down about the rules for oh all of these God. genres like it's yes. in, you know burlesque and drag and I'm sure comedy like I'm sure in all of these different things like people have people want to tell you what to do and all yeah, the time <laughs> you know and there's really no reason to actually listen to them <laughs> yeah and I think that's like a huge part of being queer too is like Definitely. recognizing that the rules weren't made for you and therefore what are rules even there for in the beginning Definitely. Right. Why, if this doesn't work for me, then what else doesn't work for me? Absolutely. Um, you know, so it's it's breaking down those walls of heteronormativity. We just won. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just yeah. broke down the walls of uh, life right now. Yes. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned drag. There's a pretty big, like, intersection between drag and burlesque. Not yes. only are some burlesque performers in drag, but a lot of times I know that the hosts of burlesque shows seems mm-hmm. seem to be drag performers. I know one time I hosted a burlesque show wow. and I was asked to do it drag. in drag. <laughs> in oh, drag wow. Which was the wrong choice. Uh, oh, just no. No, no. I I did fine. The thing the thing is so while while we're here saying like you don't need permission and anyone can do it. I was also just kind of doing drag for the first time and hosting a show and mm-hmm. thinking, I'm a stand-up. I host shows. I can do this. But but drag is a very different thing. And I didn't do the work. Yeah, yeah I didn't do the work of learning the differences, too, between hosting a comedy show and hosting a burlesque show. Absolutely. It's very different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I did find... I know I've talked about this before. My friend who put on the show listened and she's like you did okay yeah like don't don't beat yourself (laughs) up but like uh, just so much respect for it because drag like you know finding a whole persona and having it be like strong but also likable and like you know because I had done a show where I did drag and the show is called dudes being dudes being dudes and the whole point was pretending you're just some dude bro comic and doing material like that and it's supposed to be kind of mocking the stereotypes of bro-y comedy culture which that's also kind of like a fine line because it's like you don't want it to be an excuse just to get up there and be insensitive and hurt you know so you have to like yeah yeah, be like what's the right angle to make this satire right yeah. and that was like my and smart f- yeah, like, yeah. You smart. Have to be smart so yeah but I think what you're saying like is really important is that like I think yes anyone can do it but like what you were saying like you took a class like we took classes like you start right. from the bottom and you practice and you go to mics and you go to shows right. and you do yeah. and you do the dirty work that is 
trying to become a performer. Exactly. And and each type of performance is a completely different beast that you have to master yeah. and learn. And were you did you dance at all before doing burlesque? Not really. Mm-hmm. No. I yeah, I never took any dance. It like through middle school and high school though, I did and I feel like this is kind of relevant. I did martial arts. Like I did oh, tournament wow. martial arts. But that's um, that is like so, choreography. Yeah, which basically. is a lot of choreography and required a certain amount of like body awareness and yeah. and also also stage presence too for a lot of that sort of yeah, thing. So I feel like definitely. there's there's a lot that gets informed by having done that. That's a really um, interesting crossover that I yeah. don't think I would have put together, but I'm yeah. sure that really informs your performance. It definitely does. You, do you incorporate like martial arts type stuff? Into- I have. Yeah. Yes. Um, I have. Yeah. I I don't do it. I don't do it a lot. Um, but I did. I've only done it twice, but um, did a a Black Panther act based on like Okoya, um, who's like the staff yes. warrior, you know, badass. Um, and yes. so, and staff was my my tournament weapon um, when I when I did that. Did so I got to like that's so bad busted out once or twice. That's but, so fun uh, to have in your arsenal. Yeah, though. it's I want to kind of develop that further and like yeah. try and incorporate that into some more acts because it's it's a lot of fun. But also, we're in New York and a lot of these stages are the same like size. So of a small. coffee table yes, and I don't right. need to like smack an audience member <laughs> in the face with a giant right, stick it's like it's really yeah, hard <laughs> to deal with yeah both having a chance to like rehearse it and yeah. to be able to like perform it it's yeah. it's a challenge in this city yeah absolutely <laughs> are you ready to shop Rakuten's big give week is back get 15% back at hundreds of stores and it's all happening this week May 6th to May 13th It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. How do you go about picking your name and your persona? That seems like such a stressful thing because aren't you like... Once I pick this, I have to stick with this. Like my biggest regret in life was there was like two months I changed my name to a stage name. And then, Mm. and all all the listeners who have been with us from the beginning know about this. There's like 15 episodes or 12 episodes of the podcast where I go by a different name. What'd you go Mm -hmm. by? Only real fans know. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Tell us. I went by Carrie Berg. So I shortened mm-hmm. my name because okay. my mom calls me Carrie. Yes. And then my last name, Bergier, if you chop off the last three letters, is Berg. I didn't realize that that's a Jewish name, which now I'm like, duh. But I thought it was just German if you don't have anything oh. before the Berg. Until some people are like, why did you give yourself a Jewish stage name? I'm like, what? Because I'm not Jewish. I'm like, well, this is problematic. Yeah. Right. And I was embarrassed and like, 
10 different ways. It is a good, uh, it's a catchy name though. That's what everybody was an enabler. Not one person said, said don't no. do right. it. Yeah. It's a Jewish name. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't have known. I, yeah. I, I blame my friends. Yeah. <laughs> And terrible, terrible people. But, but, but that, anyway, but yes. But but like to make that choice, I was like, oh my god! Like if I do such this, a big, then thing. there's no going back. And then yeah. I learned like yeah. there is going back. There, there definitely you is. Your, I thought yeah, about you can I thought always about rebrand doing that with. Um, there is another Kendall Payne who is a um, fa- famous uh, Christian rock singer. Oh, wow. um, yeah, and she holds that domain, baby, KendallPain.com. Have you considered why... killing her and taking over her identity? Yes, um, <laughs> many, many, many a time. Okay. And you know my my <laughs> thirst for murder. For murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so I considered changing my name, but uh, I just ended up, it was kind of, a, I, I couldn't come up with like, I wanted it to be funny, but also like good. And it was just, it, it just was so much. Yeah. Yeah. But did you, how was your experience picking? So I also changed my name okay. after about a year I started with a different name and Good, it didn't so we can quite all relate. fit yeah. yeah it really didn't fit it was like a little too cutesy mm-hmm. um what was it it was so I started as Dolly Onyx um okay. and I and I and my like hope it. it was yeah it's cute it's yeah. it's fine um and but it didn't end up fitting you yeah it didn't fit and there was there was this hope I always wanted to be Nyx and I was like oh the nickname for that will be Nyx but nobody takes a stage name and then gives it a nickname that's not like a thing that happens yeah um and everybody was calling me dolly and i'm definitely not a dolly you're more I, a nix than a dolly yeah, yeah like for sure definitely. um and i had and the thing is too it's also hard to make sure you're not like having you know you don't have stage names that you know other people have there are a lot of things mm. that show up as recurring themes yes. and stage names and i had a show where there were three dollies backstage and that was <gasps> kind of my tipping point and i was like oh, no. no nope yeah. <laughs> i was yeah. like we got to change this i need something that like feels good and fits but also isn't you know isn't the same thing and isn't going to get confused yeah. either right. too many dollies um, not enough jolines that's what i always say <laughs> You're always saying that. You're always saying that. Always saying that. That ends up, up, up. You can't stop. It's a Jolinism. I know Dolly Parton has her Dollyisms. Uh, yes. Uh. Oh my God. Anyway. Jolene, baby. Mm. Um, wow. So you landed on Nyx. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think I, I decided I wanted to be Nyx and then I like tapped some friends being like, what am I going to be after Nyx? Like what? It'll be Nyx what? And it was like got to figure something out and and somebody came up with nocturne and uh i was like this is it and i mean it's it's a little redundant though because nyx is like goddess of night so it's like night night like (laughs) there's like that going on too i kind of love it though (laughs) yeah Um, Uh, it really fits you though but we're like we're driving it home like this is this is about the nighttime in the darkness yeah and is that is that like a lot of your performance is kind of definitely yeah. yeah i tend to tend to go for the like goth glamour you know love. dark scary creepy you know like fetish you know all of that sort of mm-hmm. thing um and and definitely have since the beginning i was a little goth kid and you know and did that whole thing like did all my like industrial clubbing and yes. that sort of deal yeah. <laughs> where did you grow so, up i grew up in in central new jersey okay. yeah in like very very rural area yeah um have, so. have you seen the show the righteous gemstones <gasps> no yes. i That's started watching picturing. i was picturing oh, no. that as well Wait, what is this uh, oh my god so it's <laughs> It's basically Talladega Nights meets Succession is how oh I would describe the show. 
Um, it's very much about like uh, extremely wit- rich white people being uh-huh. so dumb. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the theme of the show, but oh it's basically God. about this family that uh, uh, owns a like one of those big for profit like mm-hmm. mega churches. Oh wow! In Texas, are they in Texas or somewhere in the south? Somewhere, I'm not sure. yeah. And um, but there is one character who has been saved, who was oh, a no. like a saint worshiper. Oh my god! And then they show like the industrial clubbing places that he goes yes. to, and there are a couple scenes where they have to like go and to rescue people from there, and like it's the stuff so that goes on in there is crazy. So that's what I'm picturing. I'm gonna have to watch it just for You're those gonna, scenes. It's like I need to know. I need to know if that's really what it's like, or yeah. if that's just like if silly. TV just, version yeah. of it, yeah. But I would I'm probably sure it's is. like the heightened, <laughs> silly, dumb version of it. But yeah, sure. like, like, were there a lot of peens out? Like, were there no? I mean, um, flailing. No, unless okay. you like go to something that's also like very spliced with like fetish too. Okay. Like, unless okay. it's like a like goth play party or something right. like that. Okay. But okay. even still, like, yeah, I feel like the regular and dance nights. How does nights... one get an invite to that? <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like, with some exceptions, a lot of that, a lot of that scene has kind of like dwindled, especially yeah. in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's not quite the same. And and I mean, I was like, you know, like 19, being like, oh, I'm so cool. But like a lot of it, you know, we were all nerds, like weird right. goth nerds. Like, yeah, a lot of it was like you kind of like stand in the corner, like stomping it out, doing your like goth moves and stuff. It wasn't nearly as cool as any of the movies. Because <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I'll yeah. I'll definitely still do it every now and then and be like living out my childhood again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, I saw them like when I saw the Matrix, like being a kid in that like you know rural town and the party scenes from mm-hmm. the Matrix. I was like, I need to find where that is. Like, yeah. where is that? Where is that? How do I get to be a part of that? So I found it, and it wasn't quite the same. <laughs> but some of that like informs your your dance now and your definitely now. Yeah. definitely. So was your family surprised when you started doing burlesque? Um. Well, I. Yes, so yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, it's been such a while now, and I feel like at the beginning when I was just taking classes, um, you know, there it was like, oh, great, like you know, feeling good about yourself, doing the thing and stuff. Right. Uh, but there was kind of a moment where I was like, and I'm gonna perform now, where it was like, oh, <laughs> right. okay, um, and and getting getting used to that and everything, um, and so they actually. My family just saw me perform for the very first time last month um, for wow. for the yeah for the Outfest screening of a night at Switch and Plays. So they came to the the like screening and they saw and the performance afterwards okay. and stuff, um, which was was really lovely and and really wonderful. After you know like so many years of like kind of keeping it very separate and stuff and yeah. and being a little bit more tentative about it. Right. Um, I was like, I thought to myself, I was like, well, the time is now. Like right. yeah. you know, if there's right. any other setting to do it, this yeah. is certainly the setting. And um, how did they react? They had a really good time. That's it was amazing. really really sweet. They they had so much fun and you know it it was it was wonderful. It was nice for them to kind of see what all that looks like um, and how I spend so much of my time. Yeah. (laughs) It helps Um, too when there's like a red carpet involved. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It so helps because sometimes they'll, they'll, they don't really, I feel like 
parents and families sometimes that aren't a part of like scenes don't mm-hmm. really understand. And like, they, why are you doing like, this? Why are you right. doing this? Right. Uh, and then when they see kind of like an institution being like, hey, this is, exactly. you know, this is amazing. We're going to put this up as art. Then they're like, oh, exactly. well, this is actually something to be respected. And, and it's really cool to, right. to yeah. see your kid yeah. succeeding. Yeah. I pointedly always kind of dropped any of the things that sounded like a little bit more impressive, you know, yeah. and, stuff yeah. and be like, <laughs> In case, like I'm doing this thing it's related to this like it's valid yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. that sort of thing it's so hard exactly yeah. exactly it's like I wonder mm. I don't know I just imagine if I ever did anything like that that my mom would be like I'm just worried about your safety and I'd be like that's code because I know yeah. it's not yeah. No, I, yeah there was definitely <laughs> that yeah, yeah I feel like that's such a parent thing about yeah like just, especially burlesque. Uh, yeah, sometimes they just don't get it, I feel. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's hard yeah. to, to understand. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I, so happy that they got to see it and, and we're too. excited. And yeah. yeah. Me too. It was kind of like a like a full circle. It kind of came together after it being like being much more unsure about about that with them you yeah. know, before. And, you know, and there was there was still like a lot of support. It was like they're happy. I'm happy, of course, sure. you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know. That's good because there are people too. I mean, I mentioned before we started recording my friend Ravenessa Mm -hmm. who does burlesque and she has a hard time dating because Mm. a lot of people, mostly men, are uncomfortable knowing that she is taking off her clothes on stage, even though it's so artful and beautiful and such a performance and and like... Yeah, that's so... It's insecurity is what it is. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Just... I hate that. Yeah. Because, I mean, when it comes down to it, too, it's like, it is, you know, it is sexualized, you know, it, you know, it is very, like, sexy performance, like, sure. you're doing whatever. Sure. So, yeah, if you, like, if you have partners that are less secure, you know, that tends to come out in those yeah. moments, especially because, you know, you're on stage, there's a lot of, there's a lot of attention, there's, you know, people are really into it, and, um, but yeah, I feel I do. I mean, I feel like it can come from any gender, but you know, but sure. it's, it's about yeah. But it's definitely about who you're dating, and yeah. And a lot of times, if if they're gonna if they're gonna express that to the detriment of you being able to do what you're doing, like yeah, you don't time have to time go. For it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will say, so... jealousy and insecurity transcends gender boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> it for really sure. does. For sure. Yeah. But that's just so. It's such a. It's such a bummer. I feel because it's like, oh, you have a chance to like see your partner be an incredible performer and like yeah. do incredible stuff, and you're gonna whine about it because you're insecure. Yeah. Like, Definitely. What. Have you had experiences with that, with like dating and having to explain it to people and not really. No. I feel like, yeah, I feel like dating, it's it's always been people like people have known about it beforehand or or like been involved in some capacity and stuff. So it's never really been an issue, you know. Um Yeah, it really, really hasn't. Um so I guess I'm, you know, like lucky in that, you know, it's it's just I'm trying to think. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's also about being like, well, this is this is what it is. This is what I'm doing, you yeah. know, and like and for for so many for so many things, it's like, you know, if you if you are into me because of this, like, it's certainly not going to change. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah. 
So one thing for my friend, a different friend who did a lot of burlesque, she would always talk about how much drama there was on the burlesque scene. And that kind of drove her out of it. She's like, it's just not worth it. I just can't deal with the drama. Yeah. And I think every type of performance scene has its drama. Yeah. Yeah, uh, tell us about yeah. the team. What's the team? <laughs> the team? Yeah. Oh my god! Don't name names, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's definitely, definitely drama. There's always stuff like that. I feel like any any type of small insular community where mm-hmm. a huge amount of your time and your energy is wrapped up in it, you can't not have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, stuff definitely pops up. Like I. I personally spend no time on Facebook anymore because I don't have the time for that. Yeah. Um, and just, I find that like reading through the, you know, the long, long like comment sections of somebody's like inflammatory post and seeing people rip each other apart is just like, I'm so not here for it. They yeah. used to suck um, me in for hours. When, yeah. Yeah. I used to be part of a comedy group that, oh, no. that would happen and eventually it kind of got shut down. I'm yeah. like, thank God, because that was... Toxic. Improv was so was so toxic for me in that oh, yeah? in that scenario. Yeah, I started. I moved to stand up. I mean, stand up has its problems as yeah. well yeah. as a community for sure. But I felt improv was very like uh, definitely dramatic. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is like I feel like there's there's also like a big argument over like, you know, this this yeah, like used to be a community. It used to be whatever, but it's it's gotten so big that like burlesque scene or drag scene as a whole isn't necessarily the community it's like you make your community within that and you find your people and your your spaces and you know and the things that feel good and you know and that's that's what really matters and like you know there there are things that happen that you can either be involved in or not involved in but you know but it's yeah it's, stay it's out of it. I try to as yeah. much as I possibly can and you can't always but you know but it's just very brave of it's you. so much yeah. so much up. energy yeah right <laughs> so much energy speaking of communities you're on a on a collective uh yeah switch and play yeah yeah so I'm yeah I'm part of switch and play which is um Dragon Burlesque Collective, based in Brooklyn. We do two shows a month at uh, at Branded Saloon, which is like where the documentary kind of focuses on, and our little like backroom show and stuff. Um, and I'm trying to think how long I it's been. I feel I feel like I want to say four years now or something wow. like that wow. since I've been. Uh, and did like, you guys all just meet on play? the scene and then kind of come together, or how does that um, so, play out? Yeah, Switch and Play itself has been a collective since I want to say 2006. Okay. Um, and and I think came together, I, I'm not as good at the history of it as uh, some of the other members are, um, who've been there for a lot of it. Like, Kay James is the longest running member, and I think since like after the first year that it was started, He's been a part of it. Um, and like, and Ms. Malice very soon after. Um, so they really have that history. But I think it, it came together as primarily a drag king collective. Like it was very open mm-hmm. to all, but a lot of the members were drag kings. And uh, and they just kind of started started doing their thing, kept doing it. And, um, and, you know, members have kind of come and gone throughout that whole long span. I mean, how many years is that? Like 13 years or something. Yeah. It's a long time. Um, which is a really like an even longer time in in nightlife timeline because you know things like come and go and and they're like in and out venues like come up and die like you know um 
and so it's yeah it's one of those things where it yeah it it was a space that I had heard about when I started doing burlesque because I was doing I was in much more traditional burlesque spaces when I started and hadn't mm. quite crossed over into drag or into queer spaces and stuff um and I was I guess a few years in was starting to be much more public about my queerness um and and so it was kind of at that point that that I started getting involved in switch and play. I did like my first lip sync drag act, um, like for fun. And they ended up booking that as, uh, as like a guest performance. And I was so excited to be there. I got to do one of their pride shows and I was like, everything's queer. (laughs) Talk about that a little bit too, like your journey with, um, being queer and coming Mm -hmm. into yourself that way. Uh, alongside burlesque like was that happening at the same time yeah it really it really was um and uh very much so because I think I think burlesque gives you a space to kind of like play with your own identity Mm -hmm. and and really start looking at that um which really helps inform you know your onstage persona can very much inform your offstage persona um and so uh so yeah very much I like I'd gotten I'd gotten married very very young um, to to a cis dude um, as a way of like wrapping everything up and you know like don't have to think about it and everything right. and that was not not a positive situation for either one of us um, and and that that ended about when I was starting to do burlesque um, like the got divorced like within that year or so um do you keep in touch with him what does he think no. about it? okay <laughs> no 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 <gasps> we're not part of each other's lives it's better that way it's you know that is that is very much what it is um yeah yeah and uh and that's that is very okay <laughs> yeah for sure um and uh and yeah so yeah like coming into it and I actually I find that there are a lot of people who are like getting divorces as they're going into burlesque and I don't know which one causes the other one, but it ha- <laughs> it's like a lot. Wow. <laughs> a lot of people a are doing that. Yeah, it's, it's either you're like waiting for like a big shift in your life or like or you go through this big break and are looking for something afterwards to like, you know, to make this shift and bring yourself back up or whatever. Um and so, yeah, it's it's a big thing. And I had always, like, I had known how queer I was. Like, I definitely yeah. never should have gotten married. Um, <laughs> definitely should not have done that. Um, but it was, yeah, like, complete lack of self-awareness um, and, you know, but and self-hatred. Like and it's, like, what you feel you need to do totally. to, to get rid of whatever it is that you're feeling absolutely hatred and all of that absolutely and that's just a part of the journey and exactly it sucks, but it's a part of it exactly yeah and like yeah we all have those choices and those moments that are like oh no and yeah. like <laughs> and things like, yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like I think about it now I'm like that's a whole nother lifetime and it's yeah. like it's very much a lifetime that I'm like not proud of um and it, but yeah but it got it got me here which is you know which is very Huge. important important and um and so yeah so like doing that and you know and starting to be much more public about my queerness start you know and coming into burlesque even even in like the burlesque like more main burlesque scene and all of that and even with people who are 
performing to much more like heteronormative audiences, like a lot of people are queer. Um, You know, there's a lot of queers in there, um, more so than people who aren't queer um, in some capacity, you know, no matter where they are on that spectrum. Uh, And so, yeah, so that was really helpful in taking that first step. And then in finding Switch and Play, um, that I was able to like take it to a whole nother step. And that's kind of, that's where I came out as, you know, as gender fluid and started using, you know, they, them pronouns and stuff. Like I kind of eased into that. Um, But in that space, I could, I could just like swing between mask and femme and what I was doing. I could be like. You could switch and play. I could switch and play. Ding ding exactly. ding! Where's my That's bell? What we do. <laughs> um, and it is like it gave That's just a amazing. space for that. Yeah. And I like started with like Nick's Nocturne on stage is yeah. like gender fluid, and then I was like, wait a second, that's because you know that's what I'm what I'm doing, what yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I mean, and, and it's one of those things. There were so many signs beforehand. My my very first uh, burlesque act when I started doing it was um, was based on the the serial killer Ed Gain. Um, yes! So I was like, I was like, I'm going to do burlesque oh and learn how to use my, my feminine wiles. Um, and then I was like, and then I was like, but now I'm like a lumberjack with like skinned boobs in my like that in is... my bag. I've, there's it said so much to like murder is gay, I really and I will. I won't stop screaming it at right. game while I'm a true crime fanatic, so I'm kind of obsessed yes. with this. Oh Wait, my god. So I don't know of this specific serial killer. Yes. Tell me. Um, tell, tell her so about he he's like the the inspiration for um for like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay, and for, okay. Um got it. Like Notorious. What, yeah. And like any skin any of suits. the any of the skin, skin suit, suits. yeah. Right. Like villains, that's where he came from. Wow. Um, and I think he wasn't he wasn't a true serial killer because I think he only killed two people, but he also did a ton of grave robbing too. Yeah, he, would, um, he started grave robbing, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. They found oh, it was it's a yeah, really like, crazy it's, yeah, story. Like skin lampshades <laughs> yes, and like nipple belts and like. like yeah. yeah. Wild. I do take yeah. pride in being a Capricorn and that no serial killers are Capricorn. Really? I, I saw a it list. It is. It's a lower one. Yeah. I saw Whoa. a list that was like all the signs of serial killers yeah. and for like that specific list and it was like 20 of them. Yeah. Not, not one, one Capricorn in Capricorn. the bunch. There's wow. a lot of Geminis in that list. Unless I'm just getting away with it. <laughs> right? It was a lot of Geminis. Yeah. I'm like, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but maybe Pisces, Capricorns are getting away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's like the smart ones. The Capricorn. Capricorns planned it out really well. Like they hid those bodies. They've got a plan. (laughs) There's so many we just maybe don't know about. Yeah, Yeah, just don't don't open the closet over there. Don't open Carolyn's closet. Don't open Carrie Berg's closet. (laughs) You don't know what you're gonna find. Yeah, I'm not a murderer. Carrie Berg. (laughs) Yeah. Oh Oh my god. That's incredible though. That is that's such a cool and like a queer performance. Yeah. Um, to be to yeah, be involved in it was yeah and it to come is. up in and I think like it very all of that is. kind of informs yeah and it's so. it's nice to have yeah being with a like a group like this and I will say like at the beginning I I say I was worried about it because you know burlesque 
and drag is a very individualized um, art form and it's usually like you don't have to answer to anybody and you do what you do and you get booked where you get booked. Um, so like being part of a group was something I took like a consideration I took really seriously. Right. Um, and, you know, in, you know, in all those kinds of worries about like, does this mean that I'm not an individual anymore? And, and it couldn't be less the case with this, like yeah. especially in this group. I'm sure. We're all so very different and it really has been a, like a place to foster that individuality to like bounce ideas off of each other to check in and make sure that what we're doing is not offensive like you know <laughs> have somebody else like yeah. run it by and be like oh is this a is this a thing can it be interpreted like this yeah. so yeah. important um and also like you know a people you want to keep up with like you want you don't want to let what you're doing like fall below a certain standard because you're like sure. alongside all these people and we're like all in it together Pushing too you. yeah yeah, yeah. That's so cool and so what are some common misconceptions about burlesque Ooh, good question Ooh, um Hilly, we talked about it a little bit but it, like the idea that it's just one type of thing um, that there is one way to do burlesque um, Mm -hmm. that it's the gown and gloves and glamour and sexy and all of that you know it's sometimes it's that and you know sometimes it's can be any of a number of things you know it can be like sitting and like you know eating a burger on stage or something like that while you take your clothes off um or you know there there are any number of really ridiculous things that that people can do um to I guess subvert the ideas of what is and is not sexy Sexy. or beautiful or desirable um and and that being said the like the gown and gloves and everything is is also very valid it's you know it's there for a reason and it's you know it really is the history of burlesque and like where all of this came from and Betty Page exactly yeah yeah yeah. all yeah all of all of those um those legends um and uh and so, you know, it, it's what inspired what's happening now, which yeah. is then spliced with, like, performance art and comedy and all of that ridiculous stuff. And now a lot of drag, too, you know? Yeah. There yeah. are a lot of people who who think it's not burlesque if you're lip syncing, and, and maybe you're right. And there's a lot of drag performers who think it's not drag if you're stripping. Um, and But there are a lot of people who have settled into this in-between space. Yeah, um, and there's room for art to grow and to yeah. change, and that doesn't, like, discount yeah. the art that exists. Yeah, it's absolutely. Silly to have like hard and fast rules like yeah. no if you do this it's not that or like you know Nanette isn't stand up yeah <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Scream it. yeah. <laughs> it is it's crazy mm-hmm. it's like why can't we just let art form and 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 yeah. develop and change and exactly. be and stay the same and all of that all of it's valid and all of it's good and, and interesting and as much as like the gloves and gown isn't for me in terms of burlesque I feel like they're that brings so many people into the fold who might not ever be into the, the yeah. more queer and definitely crazy for less, but yeah. like is still supporting an art form and people who otherwise mm-hmm. might just be like binging Grey's Anatomy or something at home right. can go and enjoy like very talented performers. So yeah. it's so important to have that range and have something for everybody because that gives, you know, more people an opportunity to, do something that makes them feel like powerful and beautiful and sexy. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's such a cool thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. It really is. <laughs> do you get a lot of people when they find out that you do burlesque and the first thing they say is, I could never do that? 
Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) That's one of my pet peeves. And I had a conversation with my wife about this, about in comedy, you tell people you're a comedian and they're like, oh, I can never do that. And because she does it to people too. And she Mm -hmm. she used to do it to me and say, I can never do that. And I said, you know, people only say that to creative people. They don't say that to doctors or cab drivers (laughs) or anything. And, And it's because I think for a split second in their mind, they think like, Maybe I, th- I could. Maybe I right. could. And then, and then they discount go themselves. They yeah. And then they're waiting for you to be like, of you course. Could. Exactly. Yeah. That's so to true. To which I'm like, you can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just like imagine right. if yeah. I walked up to well, imagine <laughs> if I walked up to a doctor and was like, was like, oh, I could never do that. And the doctor was like, you could. Here's your scalpel. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> oh my like, god. <laughs> you, That'd be fun. We're actually full. Yeah. yeah. We're actually, <laughs> we have enough. But, yeah, yeah. So it really yeah, it is. It's so true. A lot of people do that. And they they are definitely, I feel like, looking for that reassurance maybe that they yeah. can. And it's always well um, intended. I'm not yeah, absolutely. Who's, who's, and you could no, but you just need to like, again start from the bottom. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can't actually you can't have my spot on my next show. Right. Yeah. Uh, because I did work very hard. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Like yes, you could and just start. Start slow. Start from the yeah. bottom. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's the thing too, is like a lot of people don't don't know how to or like are just not necessarily willing to like do the research to figure out how to and start trying. Yeah. Um, and it but it's there. The information is there, the like resources are there, you know. Everyone can do it if you want to do it badly enough. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also a lot of time and a lot of money. So, yeah. so think about that, what you're doing. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Don't think, yeah, I think people also don't think about that in yeah. terms of creative jobs yeah. and and pursuits. Is like, it's yeah. so, especially any any form of art, it can be so hard to get into it. Because Definitely. you just can't get paid for so long. Exactly. And it's really, and I don't really know the, the answer to this systemic kind yeah. of issue, but yeah. it does, like, it keeps people away from being able to do it. There's a barrier to entry that is, like... Definitely. Which is why it's good creating queer spaces and, like, helping people yeah. up and, and being able to, like, you know, yeah. show people and, and help people get into mm-hmm. the space but it is it is tough like for a long time you have to kind of give up a lot of things definitely to be able to afford and and have the time to definitely. do it yeah burlesque is interesting though well burlesque and drag because i mean from my experience it pays more often than it doesn't right or, okay because stand up most of the shows Never. you're doing, yeah. you're not getting drink tickets. A cent. But yeah. you're also could, not putting together. <laughs> I could fill a whole uh, mountain with drink tickets. With drink tickets. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Even then, sometimes when I ask for if there's like a drink ticket or a tab, and I'll get like a nasty look, and I'm like, oh, right. Okay. right. Yeah. It took me 50 minutes yeah, to get Chanel here. Yeah, Chanel Ali, do you know her? Yeah. She, she told me this one trick that she does, which is if the person who is hosting the show says there's no drink tickets, she'll go to the bartender and ask if there's drink tickets for performers mm. as a means to be like, uh, I didn't ask them, but like, hey, are there any drink tickets for performers? And they're usually like, no, but uh, yeah, what do you want? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, that's brilliant. 
dumb. See, I've even tried that, and I was like, and I've been told go ask the host. Yeah, it's I'm not, not as charming as Chanel. Yeah, Chanel oh. is extremely charming. <laughs> we can't all be that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. yeah. But, but at the least, you should be getting drink tickets. Like yeah. at yes. least. But yes. also, everybody should definitely be getting paid. Like I in, mean, in an ideal world, there's money um, though that goes on or that goes like into your performance in terms of like costume and everything yeah. that most stand-ups Can don't have. Up. Yeah. yeah right. Unless you're carrot top and you're, you know, you got yeah. those props. Look, yeah. That prop don't buy itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I also, so- I also think that like in burlesque, there's, um, a lot of people are holding a lot of accountability for maintaining a certain like level of pay too. Right. Um, there are a lot of conversations that happen about it. Um, and, and ones that also turn into those like long Facebook arguments. Um, but like, but a lot of people talk about it. And and the thing is too, especially, especially when it's something where, you know, where it is, it is adult entertainment. We are yeah. taking our clothes off. There right. is that element to it. Um, there's a huge investment in terms of costuming and rehearsing and all of that. Um, and that is worth something. Um, and so so there's there are a lot of conversations and people are very open about saying, like, we deserve to get paid. This should be, you know, an industry standard for, you know, for minimums and stuff like that. The people who are accepting less are, like, are undercutting... Um, yeah. the industry and they're right. you know and people people talk about that um and and you know and really and they really mean it like you know and it's and it's one of those things i mean even those minimums are are theoretically they're lower than you know what people should be getting but it's you know it's something and it's it's important um yeah yeah in terms of tipping, because I know that that's a big part of it too. Yeah, is you know passing around tip bucket, or when people are on stage, sometimes they're mm-hmm. they're getting money. Do people try to think about their acts in a way of like, oh, when I do this, this gets me. <laughs> like when when I make these tassels twirl, or if uh-huh. I put if I put tassels on my butt and get them to spin in opposite directions at the same time, yeah. like that gets <laughs> me get a lot of tricks. tricks. That's what, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when I'm like, you deserve the money though. Like what yeah. I'm doing comparatively <laughs> to that is like, you get the money. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like so much work goes into people yeah, being able to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I know how a lot of people like plan their acts or if they plan them specifically for tipping and yeah. stuff. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of that, but you don't, um, I, I, don't necessarily, but I also, I think I plan like outrageous things to happen, you know, for, for me to get like tipped. Like right. I do like, I have an act where I do like a six breast reveal, like, and people, people lose it. Like, you know, it's really exciting. It's really weird. Like I like things that are a little bit more shocking that people are like, ah, yeah. um, you know, and stuff. Tell me more, like, more about six breast yeah. reveal. <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing you on stage with like blood coming out of your eyes. Yeah. Just like crazy stuff. Casual, you yeah. know, like you do. <laughs> yeah. I, like I have, I have a like dental fetish act that I do that's like something Whoa. a little bit more like shocking and weird and stuff like I, I like those sorts of things and people react to them and definitely tip them um uh, and I'm so, coming to the next show I know. You should. oh my god yes please do um yeah it's um yeah I guess with the the six boob thing is is something very specific um but it was actually it was 
based off of an H.P. Lovecraft character, um, which um, which H.P. Lovecraft is a, a garbage human and, you know, incredibly bigoted and yeah. um, and terrible. And it's based off of like one of one of his very, very problematic characters, um, which I guess maybe I'll, I'll say it. Um, <laughs> I'll do the thing. It's like the character is like like an elder god type of thing called Shub Niggurath, the black goat of the woods with a thousand young. Um, yeah. Which is which is a problem. Yes. It's absolutely a problem. And and you can say like, oh, well, in those times, you know, people, whatever. No. He was he was worse for that. Mm. He was worse than what but the times were. But also saying like the times, um, it's just making excuses exactly. for bad behavior. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There really, there really isn't. Um, an excuse for it, and I think, and I think those conversations are very important when, uh, when people are like idolizing, you know, his his you know excellent use of existential horror and all of that sort of thing, which is a whole nother thing. But mm-hmm. but he's a problem, um, yeah. and so I um, I did a I did a show that was based on H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's work, and and I brought this because I wanted to take this very problematic and insulting character and like translate it into this like fat brown queer body and like yes. make it powerful and own it. And it was kind of a way of just reclaiming some of that. Right. Um, and and actually, it's it's the act that's featured in the the documentary too. And it's but part of it, you know, when they show like illustrations of the idea of this character it's like this goat with like boobs down its front you know kind of like utter style and all of that and so I was like I'm gonna do it like I'm gonna do it and so like I made like silicone boobs and made this like big breastplate and stuff and you know I'm obsessed and like have tassels that twirl on all of them Um, (laughs) and yeah and that's a fun one and that definitely gets some tips yeah (laughs) um but there are also there are also times when people are trying to do something really pointed and emotional and um that's like quieter or you know doesn't necessarily get that like woo shock party value. vibe or yeah. like shock value or anything like that um and there are times when those types of acts get tipped less but also that's not necessarily why the performers doing that yeah um and also you know sometimes people will make a point of like being like i appreciate you i see you like here's this you know right. if they've mm-hmm. been been moved to it and, and part of having like a collective is like having people bringing different energies yeah. and styles so not everything could be a six boob reveal exactly you know? yeah exactly no. <laughs> yeah yeah and, and not everyone can yeah um, yeah is there anything else that you want to tell our listeners about burlesque Oh, before um, we get to our listener question. Oh, yeah. Um, I would just say that if it's if it's something that that you've wanted to do and that you think will will help you, it can do it can do so many wonderful things for for your sense of self and for body image and for all of those things. Give it a try. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't for any reason. Um, and and see how it feels. Like it's all about playing and having a good time. Um, and in the same vein, when it's not a good time anymore, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes you hit that point, and a lot of people do. And and whether it's you know whether it's from within you or from outside of you that it becomes not fun anymore. Like let yourself leave something that isn't serving you well anymore either, because that happens to people too. For sure. For sure. (laughs) Definitely. And if you're not interested in performing burlesque yourself, 
tip generously. Yes. Oh my God. We love your dollar bills. Yeah. 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 Your support means everything. Even if just sitting there is like inspiring and fun for you. (laughs) We love having you. Well, this has been amazing and fascinating. We do have to get to our (laughs) listener question. All right. I need help proposing to my girlfriend. We live in Louisiana and both come from very conservative families. Luckily, my parents have always been 100% supportive since I came out at 16. My significant other, unfortunately, has not always had the same level of support from her family. Fast forward five years together and her family has come around tremendously since the beginning of our relationship. My biggest dilemma is that my girl has hinted very heavily to me that if she were to be proposed to, she would want said proposer to talk to her dad first for the sake of him and his traditional values. I really want to respect this and just be ballsy as fuck about it, but I need some advice on how to execute this flawlessly. How do y'all think I should handle this? What do I do if he says no? Do I propose anyways? I'm gonna marry her anyway. I'm so rude. Um, wow. Oof. Oof. I do hate that. Like, I do hate the heteronormative, like, tradition of that. It's very much about, like, owning women. Yeah. I know. But I do understand, like, wanting to respect your partners. Right. Like, family. I I did that the first time I got married. Did you? Mm. I did. I called my. I mean, my ex-wife's um, family. And I had also never called them before. So they thought something was wrong. And I'm like, no, she's fine. Mm. Everything's okay. Oh. Uh, this is why I'm calling. And yeah. talked to both of the parents. Yeah. And mm-hmm. was like, it wasn't asking for permission. It was just More giving just like them a heads them. up. Yeah. Because they seemed like the kind of family that would want to know. Like they were so close and they talked literally every day. And I felt like if I didn't ask, they would have felt just like really not included and not that they have to be included, but I knew that that was important to them. So I didn't want to do anything that could be held against me. Yeah. You know, and they love me. In a court of law. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes you got to do it. I yeah. no, I understand that. I mean, yeah, I'm very Even much fucks the patriarchy yeah. in oh, all aspects too. of my life. Me too. But mm-hmm. also I do understand kind of there is a line to be drawn where you're like, okay, Definitely. this is important to somebody. And like, even though it's so against everything in my body, yeah. it's right. like, this is someone who I love and I, they love this other person, yeah. their yeah. family. And yeah, I, you know, that's important. Yeah. Especially if it's something that like, that the partner has asked for, like, and that, you know, yeah. specifically yeah. wants to, you know, it's part of, you know, if that's part of their process, you kind of do it. But also yeah. if they say no, that it's like that's a whole nother conversation oh, to have God, with that yeah. person. You know? Yeah, that's hard. I mean, I mean, the way that you did it seems to be a good way of like not yeah. necessarily asking for permission explicitly, yeah. but saying like, hey, I wanted to talk to you beforehand. Like I'm planning yeah. to ask, you know, your daughter to marry. Yeah. Me. I mean, if it has to be an ask, I would say, don't just call and say, I'm asking for permission for your daughter's hand in marriage. I think think there could be a way where you and the dad, it sounds like you've gotten to know each other, maybe have a heart to heart, maybe find a time to grab a drink or something and, you know, I don't know, go to, go to the sports, find some sports, (laughs) go to those, do do a sport. (laughs) And just talk about, 
uh, about your relationship and how, um, you know, how much you have enjoyed getting to know the family and how much the daughter means to you and where you see things going in the future and then kind of transition it from there and maybe involve him in the conversation. Ask him some questions like, how do you feel about me? Yeah. 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 And like, what do you think are, do you have any advice for me? And things like that. And just have like a very open and honest conversation instead of making it some weird like promposal moment. (laughs) And that could be like very awkward, like make it very hard for him to say no. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like sometimes it does really just take like being a human being with someone else yeah, and being definitely. like, hey, like this is real and this is how I feel and this is like, h- how could somebody say no to that? Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, people can and do and. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of awful people out there. So, but. so if he says no, there is a song for that. Uh, yeah. so I really hate that song because I'm it's like, what, so what's the point of gross. asking though if you're yes. not gonna go buy that? So right. you know, if he if he says no, then that's on your girlfriend and be like, Yeah, I was yeah, gonna uh, ask. Look, like, you said you it told me that. Yeah. You said it's no, on so you. sorry, bud. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a conversation you bring back and you're like, This is where it is. Yeah. yeah. I still want to. What do you yeah? What do we what do we do from here? Yeah. Yeah. How do how do we proceed? Yeah. yeah, but also you don't need anyone's permission to do anything. Absolutely, and don't. Yeah, I'm gonna be the one to say, like, hands down, you don't need per- other people's permissions, especially not a man, to do anything. Yeah. So, Absolutely, um, <laughs> live your fucking truth. But also, I understand and respect that that you need to respect your partners. Send your For girlfriend sure. to Kendall, and Kendall will have a talk yes. with her about the patriarchy. Oh, don't even. <laughs> and help her get over any attachment that yes. she has left to that. The tradition. I will smash it, if you will. Yes. <laughs> Nix, thank you so much for being here. You've been a great guest, and really, we might tap you again to come back to talk about being pagan. Yes, yes. I would be so happy to. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, how can people find you on social media and learn about your upcoming shows? So, um, best place to find me on social media is Instagram. Um, so, at Nix Nocturne, N-Y-X-N-O-C-T-U-R-N-E. Um, and, uh, I, sometimes I'm bad about it, but I usually post all my shows up there. Um, also like check out switch and play, uh, on Instagram as well. Um, because all of those, all of those shows go up there. Um, and we have such a good time. Amazing. Kendall, where are you posting your murder pics on? Oh, you know, <laughs> it's going to be cross-platform, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me. My name is Kendall Payne, um, spelled like the Jenner, um, Kendall, and then P-A-Y-N-E. And then uh, cross-platform, I'm at Kendall Payne with two E's at the end. Also support Kendall's name doppelganger. Yes. <laughs> Do not support her. Um, please make my uh, kendallpainecomedy.com rise in the SEO of yes. Google. <laughs> never um, click the other one's website. Never click the other one's website. Uh, if you do it, I will have to kill you. Um, oh. uh, sorry. And you know, I, you know she's up for murder. I'm up. <laughs> Ed Gaines style. I'm taking your skin. Yes. <laughs> I would never. Uh, somebody was telling me about a, an Eileen Warnos shirt that somebody was wearing that has the the picture of her with the handcuffs up to her throat and it says I'm with her yes oh wow uh, and I, I was wondering if you own that I don't and it seems as though I need to and the holidays are coming up the holidays so, are coming up um, if anyone, anyone wants to buy me if, if my girlfriend is listening in Kendall's life 
You're going to want to buy me that for sure. Oh, man. All right. And you can follow me at TGI Carolyn and at Every Gay Susan, which, oh, I'm so bad at updating, but I'm going to update that soon. And of course, you can follow us at Diking Out on all platforms. And thank you for Diking Out this week. Dike Out with us again next week. Bye. 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 Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.